The hosts feel it would be a little unkind to present this podcast without just a word of friendly warning. We are about to unfold the story of Frankenstein, a man of science who sought to create a man after his own image without reckoning upon God. It is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with the two great mysteries of creation, life and death. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now's your chance to. Well, we've warned you. Hello, and welcome once again to the Frankencast. I'm the mad scientist, Anthony Bowman. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm joined as always by... The clone of a clone that is a clone, that is Eric Velasquez. My pronouns are also he. <laughs> yeah. That's a major plot point right there. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, this movie, it, like, I guess, you know, I mean, if you've listened to us before, you know that like you know we're gonna we're gonna go into the plot. We're gonna do some spoiler stuff, but I feel like we should especially. This movie is like full of twists. Like it's like yeah. constantly subverting what you think's going on, and then there's a new twist, and then another twist. So like, if you're spoiler averse, this is you should definitely see this movie before you listen to us talk about it because uh, it, it's gonna be impossible to talk about it without giving away a lot of stuff. Right. This is the uh, the pimp my ride of twists. Like mm-hmm. the, we we heard you like twists, so we put twists in your twists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I I really enjoyed this. It was it was interesting. Like it was it's different than anything we've watched before. You know, we've watched some very like horny movies. I think this is yeah. like the sexiest movie we've watched. Like it's it's not like gratuitous, but it's very. Uh, sensual, I guess. Like, yes. there's a lot of nudity, but it's like it's not leering. It's tasteful. Dude. Yeah, yeah, it does. It, it it doesn't feel as like graphic as like you know the Jess Franco movies or something. Like it's, right. uh, yeah, I don't know. I I really really enjoyed this though. It's good stuff. I mean, uh, obviously we have a pretty good cast with what Carla Gugino and Kieran Hines mm-hmm. uh, doing a lot of the heavy lifting. But I mean, f- b- far and away. Abby Lee as Elizabeth, the the many, well, I don't want to say many Elizabeths, but yeah, I mean, we can <laughs> cut that out. Uh, but yes, the many Elizabeths. Uh, yeah, she she, she kind of plays uh, several roles. Mm-hmm. She does yeah. a damn good job at each one. Yeah, there's there's some subtlety to the various Elizabeths. You know, it's, it's not like Orphan Black or something where it's like very no. different personalities, but there is still like you can... They behave slightly differently, and you can kind of like see that, you know. It's kind of like the uh, what uh, the orphan black version of Black Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like a black Mirror episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Absolutely, yeah. All right, so yeah, like we said, Carla Gugino, uh, Kieran Hines. We have Matthew Beard as Oliver, uh, Abby Lee. We mentioned, and the one of the quintessential that guy actors, Dylan Baker, aka I believe the principal from Trick or Treat. Mm, yeah, yeah. He's definitely one of those guys that's been in a lot of things. He's usually, yeah, bit parts, but like heavy lifting big parts, you know, like or bit yeah, parts. Yeah, he does a good job. Yeah, and yeah, definitely Trick or Treat is what I mostly recognize him from. He's the mm-hmm. the creepy guy who does the, the jack-o'-lantern at the end with the kid's head. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Help me with the eyes. <laughs> yeah. I have trouble with the eyes. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, and so, that's that's like uh, the whole cast. Like this is a really like uh, small. Yeah, it's it's it all kind of takes place in one location. You you don't deal with a lot of people. Uh, it's very contained, which works for this. It kind of like has like a claustrophobic feel to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, did, we didn't mention that Kieran Hines. Uh, everyone knows where Carla. She's from all kinds. She's from everything. Mm-hmm. Carla G- Gugino has been in everything. And then Kieran Hines, obviously, The Terror is one of his big ones uh, for the horror movie fans out mm, there. Yeah. Um, the right, the right is Father Xavier. <laughs> he's he's been in a couple Harry Potter movies as the brother of Dumbledore, the other Dumbledore. Oh, And of right. course, he plays kind of the devil in Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's been a so, long time since I've seen that one. And Mance Raider from you for you Game of Thrones fans mm, out there. Yeah. So a lot of stuff mm-hmm. this guy's been in. Yeah. We start out with just like a cl- extreme close up of an eye opening, and then we get like one of those like quintessential opening scenes from so many horror movies of a car driving on a mountain road. Um, Literally rode down the shining, mm-hmm. the shining scene. Yep. Exactly. Um, but here we, we see there's a, a woman in, in this car and uh, we get like a voiceover of her talking about that she's always had a dream of a man coming to her rescue and taking her away from this ugly world. Mm-hmm. And we see that that's kind of what's going on. She's got like a older husband who appears to be wealthy. His name's Henry because we're going to have some Frankenstein. Henry reference. and Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, they get to this like super modern kind of mansion it's not you know it's not gothic this is this is not the gothic kind of movie it's like all glass it's very like uh the house from 13 ghosts or something you know um uh, and uh he like carries her over the threshold and like you can tell he's like he's very proud of his intellect like so he goes right well he mentions that this tradition was started by the roman abscondment of the sabine women (laughs) yeah which I had never heard that before, but I mean, but he yeah. he's very proud of this fact that he knows. Then introduces Elizabeth to like the two servants of the house, Claire and Oliver. Yeah, so we've got Claire, Carl Gugino, and then Oliver's like a, a younger guy, and she uh, Elizabeth will quickly discover that he is blind. He's like discussing flowers with her, and she realize like she kind of waves her hand in front of his face and, and realizes that that he's blind even though he seems to be kind of an expert at describing different flower options for the house right like such as orchids and lilies Mm -hmm. a little later we have the newlywed couple they're in this like big you know dining hall just the two of them though and they're eating like the table's just you know covered with food Um, right well can we all right so let's talk about this because i feel like there was a lot of uh not necessarily foreshadowing but like underscoring of Elizabeth, this Elizabeth's personality, in that this version of uh, Elizabeth that we're going to come to find out is very childlike. And did you notice she was eating with her hands? Like, she wasn't using a fork. Uh. She was literally picking everything up and eating it. Huh, no, I didn't catch that, but yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, well, I'm, I'm like to a point. I'm like, okay, this this lady is being infantilized. Mm-hmm. There's there's definitely like she feels very like naive, uh, like she doesn't really seem to know what's going on or what's expected of her. Uh, in a lot of cases, after they finish dinner, you know, um, 
Henry dismisses Claire and they go back to their room and well also here's another thing so like after Claire offers uh, Henry her, the cognac for the night and he's like nah I'm good like Elizabeth actually says goodbye to Claire and Claire just ignores her mm-hmm. so at this point Claire is ignoring the shit out of Liz yeah, the the relationship between Claire and Elizabeth is really interesting. It is. Uh, yeah, we'll, and it gets deeper. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Going back to their wedding wedding night. It's it's strange. This this sex scene, like, well, I mean, it's it's artful. You know, like we're not getting a lot of like graphic nudity and thrusting and stuff. It's but the weird thing is the first step is Henry cuts all of her lingerie off with scissors, which feels. I know, I mean, I know that, like, in, like, BDSM stuff, that's something that comes up, you know, specifically when you have, like, things that are tied or whatever, but in this case, I don't know, it felt, it felt surgical, it felt clinical, and, like, like, he owned her and was, like, you know, taking her out of the package or something in a way. He's, like, untrusting his turkey, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it did not feel sensual. No. But, hey, she seemed to be into it, so... Who are we to judge? Yeah, and, like, the the way, you know, like, we get this kind of, like, upside-down scene of her, like, falling back on the bed. Like, so we have her, her head. She's, like, facing down. Mm-hmm. I think, like, the next thing we just cut to, like, the next morning, right? Like, we that's pretty much it. We just see her laying in bed. Yes, and, uh, well, we also see Henry using his, his hands to basically use a biometric lock mm. to show Elizabeth around the house and show her her closet. Mm-hmm. And he walks her in, and he's like, hey, here's all of your favorite... Uh, pieces, I believe he says. Yeah. So he gives her this full tour of the house, and, you know, we get the the classic kind of bluebeard thing where, like, there's one room in, yeah. in the hallway where she's like, what's this room? And he's like, oh, that's... The one room you can't go into. Yeah, and he's like, everything in this whole house, all my money, all my jewels, all everything is all for you except for this room. That's the one thing you can't go into. Right. And, and it's like, okay, so we know the plot now. <laughs> she's definitely going to go into that room. Right. She just kind of, like, nods. Like, again, you know, like we said, she's kind of childlike. She just kind of agrees. And we cut to just, like, uh, that night, they have had sex again, and she's kind of, like, seems kind of not as into it. Like, she's kind of, like, looking away, just kind of, like, staring off, and he tells her that he's got to do something for work tomorrow and is going to be out of the house, like, all day. You know, she's like, but it's it's our honeymoon. Why? And he's like, yeah, yeah, but... You know, this is important, and you probably need a day to kind of acclimate yourself to the house and and learn where everything is. And he also specifically tells her to be a good girl. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, again, infantilizing. And so then we get the next day where Elizabeth kind of just has her run of the house. And it's really subtle. Like, she's doing all kinds of different stuff in the house, but you kind of feel the weight of the secret room kind of in the back of her head the whole time. Like, it's it's not, you know, like, it's not like she keeps going to it or anything, but you kind of get the sense that, like, she's trying to do everything she can to distract herself so that she doesn't <laughs> go look in the room. room. Uh, Uh-oh. Yeah, it's like she's swimming. She tries on a bunch of clothes. Oh, she does, she does have a conversation with Claire, uh, which is pretty intense. And she's like, I don't yeah. understand why, what Henry sees in me. Like, he seems like such a, you know, a worldly, intelligent man, and I'm just kind of this dumb girl. girl yeah and and she's like do you do you know why and claire's just like no it <laughs> just like walks off <laughs> right and she's like hey do you want something to eat you know this is the one time they're like bonding mm-hmm. and of, it's interesting that liz is like i would like 
a salad and maybe some water. And Claire's like, okay, what do you want in the salad? And then after a moment, she Elizabeth reconsiders and is like, you know what? I just want a chocolate milk. <laughs> yeah. And that's... That's like that's when they're kind of starting to bond. Yeah, Claire's like, "What made you think of that?" And um, you know, she she leaves, and then like we see Claire or uh, Elizabeth drinking her milkshake a little later. But that milkshake will come up again. Like that, there's definitely a reason why Claire was taken aback by that choice. Right. Um, and we also have a scene of Elizabeth rolling around on the carpet reading a book. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, she tries on a bunch of different clothes and a bunch of jewelry. Uh, Gets a little sexy up in that mirror. Yeah, yeah, she's in like a sheer kind of thing, dancing in front of the mirror for a little bit. We, we get a couple. We get a couple interesting scenes with that mirror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, we definitely do. Then we have her taking a bath, and while she's in the bath, she looks out the window and sees Claire and Oliver leaving. I'm not sure if they have like a servants' quarters elsewhere, or if they're leaving to go to their respective homes. It's kind of unclear. Yeah, well, it seems like Henry's kind of banished them to the edge of the property, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where they're going. Yeah. And they have their own little unit, I guess. Yeah. So we, we see that they're gone, and now uh, Elizabeth is completely alone in the house. And what are you to do when you're completely alone and somebody's told you not to go in a room? <laughs> yeah. Of course you're going to go into that you room. you got to go in the room. you got to go in the room. It, what, could, what could possibly happen that would be bad? <laughs> uh, so in the room, which... It's, you know, it's such a thing that, like, he's got all these biometric fingerprint readers. He could have easily made it so she couldn't go in the room, but no. Well, there are reasons. Yeah, I, I think he intentionally wants her to go in the room. Um, yes. And so she she does. She goes in, and it's a weird science lab. Uh, you know, very, it's very Frankenstein, but it's very, like, high-tech, modern kind of stuff. Right. It's almost like a morgue, too, though, because it looks like there's freezers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's these weird chambers up against the wall, and she pulls one open and inside she sees um, a naked unconscious woman that's like floating in liquid and has like a you know a, a tube going down her throat and everything it's real quick but you know if you if you pause and take a look it's her it's elizabeth yeah, yeah. so she obviously panics seeing someone who looks just like her in this weird situation she stumbles back cuts her finger mhm she like there's like a little one of those little like surgical tables uh, yeah, she knocks some stuff over, cuts her finger, goes rushing out, and then it's like the next day. Now Henry's back, and Elizabeth's just kind of like sitting in the parlor while Henry plays the piano and like mansplains to her about Eric Satie. Right. Well, we also get an image of like an orchid with some bugs crawling in and out of it to let you know that something bad's obviously going to happen pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. So she's they're just kind of like, she's listening, you know, they're not having a conversation. She's being right. talked at. Uh, and eventually he, like, calls her over to sit in his lap, and they kind of talk about how their days went yesterday while they were apart. But, like, there's a lot of tension there where, like, she's yeah. trying not to tell him what she saw, and he knows that he knows that she went in she there. Had to. Yeah. yeah. There's just like a lot of heat in this scene and it's really subtle, but it, it's, it's well done. Oh, we did. We did forget to mention that Elizabeth tried to call nine one one and uh, the phone was dead. Oh, right. Yeah. So here he's like, she's like, Oh, I tried to make a call yesterday. Why is my phone not working? He's like, who'd you try to call? <laughs> yeah. She's like my sister. And he's like, Oh, right. Well, yeah. So, you know, we're out here in the middle of nowhere. Sometimes the phone lines go down. It just happens, right? Yeah. Um, and he he then sees that she has a cut on her finger, and he asks her about it. 
and she's like, oh, you know, I, just, I can't, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm just clumsy. Things like this happen. Um, right. I, I didn't want you to know how clumsy I am because I would, you know, I know that you think of me as being very suave and elegant. Right. And now she, she hopes she didn't disappoint him, but he's like, nah, you could never disappoint me. Mm-hmm. It's like, I knew exactly what you were going to do. <laughs> and then he's like, you're a liar. And she like, you know, gets panicked, you know, like, well, he says, you're such a good liar. Mm, right. Yes. And so she's, you know, obviously afraid. And then he's like, you are suave and elegant. And you, you know, yeah. you just are, tr- are lying and trying to be humble and say that you're you not. You have a very corruptible quality about you. Mm-hmm. Interesting choice of words there. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, how about, I know what we should do today. I'll send the servants away and we can just spend mm-hmm. the day in bed. Yeah. And she does not look into that idea at all. But she's kind of just got to play along. She's just kind of. Sure. Yeah. And so then, of course, we go back to the bedroom um it's just like after sex like and she is he i think he kind of like rolls off of her and she turns away and is just kind of like staring vacantly away from him right it's interesting that he he actually says specifically the only measure of an action is its consequence so very much the uh ends justify the means kind of guy mm-hmm. yeah and so then it's like a little later he's fallen asleep and she gets out of bed and starts like creeping around the house, uh, and then there's Henry. He wasn't asleep. He has like snuck upon her, and he says, "You did disobey me. You don't deserve this, but it's going to happen." <laughs> <laughs> and he pulls out a machete. Yeah, we've got a we've got our slasher. Yeah, and so she's kind of like you know running in panic through the house. And he, by the way, this is twenty minutes in. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, and he does the slasher thing. He's just like calmly walking through the house with the machete because he knows she can't get out, and he knows every square inch of this house, whereas she right. does not. So and there's this really cool shot where like she's on one of the bottom floors, but he's just above her mm-hmm. and off to the side, so that if he wanted to, he could just run down the stairs. But instead, he like walks off screen, and I'm like, oh, that's oh, it looks so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, just everything about this movie is very well composed, like inside and outside the movie. Like you feel you get the sense that that's the situation in the fiction of the movie is everybody is carefully decided how they're going to be. But then, yeah, the movie kind of betrays that as well. You know, it, it like you said, it's those kind of shots where you're just like, oh, they're thinking about the way that everything looks in this. Right. This is, everything's intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So eventually, there's bits where she kind of tries to hide, then parts where she's running. She grabs a fire poker to protect herself. Yeah, yeah. She's she's like she hides for a little bit, but then realizes she's got to escape. So she gets the fire poker. She goes to uh, run up the steps, but he's behind. It's you know, it's those modern kind of like open stairs. So he reaches through and grabs her foot, and she goes falling. Right, and of course, once she's down, well, there's only one thing left to do, and that's apparently to hack her to bits. Mm-hmm. Because that's exactly what Henry does. By the way, at most, we're 30 minutes into this, what, hour and 50-minute movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And almost two-hour-long movie. And, like, already our main uh, protagonist has, go- has been murdered, effectively. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, and when he, like, when he kills her, it's, like, all off-screen, and we get these, like, artful blood splatters on the wall and everything. Mm-hmm. And then we just cut to the next day. Henry and the servants are burying Elizabeth. Now, one of the cool transitions to this was the sound of the machete hitting the body, presumably. 
like it bleeds over into the sound of them digging. Oh, nice. It's pretty much the exact same. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. And once they get her buried, they, we just cut to them all at breakfast, and Claire asks Henry to stop. Yeah. She's like, we need to stop doing this. You need to stop. And he's like, I, I can't. Um, and it wouldn't go this way if you wouldn't be creeping around the house, lurking and staring at them all the time. Right. You're basically tipping them off to what's going on. Yeah. So, you know, the fact that Claire can tell him this kind of indicates that Claire's not quite the servant that we think she is. There's there's more right. going on there. Yeah, it's like there there there's a more equal relationship than we think, mm-hmm. right? And she like gets up and like storms away and then Oliver being a weird freak. <laughs> yeah. This conversation I, I feel like it's one that like feels really like nonsensical but like it kind of ends up sort of it's per- it works perfectly because mm-hmm. yes. uh, he the first thing he says is can substances have velocity velocity and Hen- which they can sure it makes sense yeah and henry's like I, what do you mean and he's like you know like eggs and henry's like yeah i guess you know they exist exist to change so yes they are constantly moving and he's like it's interesting that they symbolize the soul as well right moral moral altruism and I believe at this point, Henry gets tired of his shit, and he's like, listen, material altruism is moral altruism. <laughs> yeah. Then we just cut to, like, a little later, and Henry is visited by a friend who is... We see that he's, like, driving a car that has, like, a a light on the top, so he's... It's like an old 1970s Crown Vic. Mm-hmm. It's an old cop car. Yeah. Um, and we find out this guy's name is Frank... And he asks about Henry's lovely young wife. And Henry's like, oh, mm-hmm. she's napping. And they kind of have like an intense conversation that's, it's one of those ones where like, you don't really know what they're talking about, but you can kind of like get a vibe from it. You know, it seems like Frank is going to have to testify in court or something. Right. Apparently a lot of his uh, people in his precinct are going up for uh, corruption charges. Mm-hmm. Henry kind of like encourages him to uh, to testify, he says something like, it's better to be the torturer than the tortured. Right. Is it Frank or Logan? Because I could have swore it was Logan. I, uh, uh, or do they call him Bo? I mean, do they call him Yeah, Bo? it could is be. his name Frank Logan? Yeah, Logan is the name that's on IMDb. I could have sworn he called him Frank, but yeah, it might be Logan Frank. I, okay. Yeah, so either way, like, yeah, he tells him better to be the, the torturer than the tortured, and he's like, that's fucking grim. <laughs> right? I mean... He's not wrong. Yeah. It is pretty fucking grim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and of course, uh, our Henry would love to be the torturer as opposed to the torture. Yeah. So then we see a little later, um, Oliver brings Claire a bouquet of flowers. Right. I thought I'd make you something. And Claire just immediately shuts his shit down. <laughs> She's like, please stop making me anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She says that would be so kind if you would stop. Like, she is not right. putting up with it. Um, and, you know, this is like a weird, like, mother-son relationship to a degree, right? It's like he's trying to make her happy, but she is, she has, it's like a very toxic relationship, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah, well. But she is not about it. We'll get more as we go, you know, as we mentioned with all the twists and everything. But, yeah, there's something here. It, it, it There is a little bit of a maternal thing, and, like, but it also feels like. Oedipal. Yeah, it's like... Very Oedipus. Yeah, or like the, you know, when you're a kid and you have a crush on your teacher kind of thing, like, mm. you know, and I mean, like, Carlo Gugino is gorgeous, so, like, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, <laughs> he's got good taste, is all I can say. Yeah, but yeah, she's obviously not at all interested in him and and is quite annoyed by this behavior. 
so she also has good taste. <laughs> right. Uh, and Oliver says something like, why do you stay? Like, why are you still here? You seem unhappy all the time. Yeah, this is because you love him, mm-hmm. meaning Henry. Yeah. And she's like, no, I, d- I don't love him. It's, you know, like she kind of implies. More that, complicated. Yeah. Um, so she sends him away. And then we get some, like, quick little scenes of her taking some medication and Henry playing the piano. But he's, like, crying while he's playing the piano? Yeah. Like, but silent crying? (laughs) Yeah, he's, like, very emotionally torn up about something. And then the movie starts over again. Hey, we get the eye, we get the, I had a dream of meeting a brilliant man and stealing away to a brilliant... uh, world of our own mm-hmm. okay great awesome same car driving down the same mountain road but we do see six weeks later pop up on the screen mm-hmm. and we get like suddenly we get these like split screens uh which is like a strange thing to introduce this late into a into the movie well did they though because I feel like maybe they did it with the chase scene, and that's kind of what I was talking about, where mm. he's up here, she's down there. It's like a precursor. It's kind of a notation that something's different. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. But also kind of the same. Yeah, I guess in in the chase scene, it felt more natural, and I didn't even notice right. it. But here, it feels very like an intentional thing, because yeah. things aren't... It's not a fast-paced moment. Um, no. Well, he's also walking around saying the same stuff about, you know, this was a tradition from... Roman times, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and we get, like, he's giving her the house tour again, and we see Claire watching. I think that's what the split screen is. Like, you see her right. viewpoint of, uh, you know, we see them on the tour and her kind of, like, lurking in the shadows watching. Right, which is very interesting, the fact that now this seems like it's old hat, mm-hmm. because he just keeps saying the same stuff. So he's done this art possibly hundreds of times. I don't think, obviously, it's not that many, but it could have been. yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, like we said before, like, the Elizabeths are different in subtle ways. So, like, mm-hmm. we we even, you know, they, they walk past the room and she says, what's this room? And he says the exact same speech, you know, everything in this house, all my money, all my whatever, it's all for you, everything but this house. But this room. Yeah, or but this room, yeah. And then she says something different this time. And, um, right. She says we should be truthful with one another. And she promises that, okay, I won't go in there. Mm-hmm. Like at first it seems like she's saying you should be honest with me about what's in the room. Right. But she, like, she just says we should be truthful with one another. And he's like, I agree. And and then there's just like a weight of like a weighty silence, and she's like, "Okay, I I, I won't go in the room." Um, right. So it's like this one is not to be mean to the previous one, but obviously she's she's more subtle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like she's she's definitely more aware of what's going on around her. She's less naive. She knows something suspicious right away, and she's trying to kind of like find a way to get that information without sneaking into the room. Right. And, of course, then we cut to uh, Liz feeding Henry cherries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's so, okay. it's the dinner again, but, you know, now they're already at dessert. And Claire... And she's taking a more active role as opposed to just stuff feeding herself. Yes, yeah. Uh, and there's, the, you know, I mean, like, feeding your partner cherries is a very, like, sensual thing. So there's, there's that yeah. going on. Um, and we see that Claire is in the background watching this as well. Well, he gives her the eye, like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> right. And then we go back to the bedroom, and it's 
the exact same sex scene, the scissors cutting off the same white lingerie, her falling back in the bed in the exact same way. But the look is she's she's more visibly not into this. Mm-hmm. This is weird to her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she kind of like falls back. It's it's less like postcoital like bliss and more bliss. just like okay, that's over with. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. It's the like lay back and think of England kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and then she sneaks downstairs and actually sees Claire smoking and decides to just approach her out of out of nowhere. And this scares the shit out of Claire as it should. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. like Claire's like getting food or something. And Elizabeth's like, I'm I'm just so curious. You know, my mind is just one question right. after another. Uh, and she couldn't sleep because Henry was snoring so loud. Yeah. And then Claire is about to say something to her. She's like, Elizabeth. And then you hear Henry off screen also call out. Yeah. And she's like, oh, we're in here, honey. Uh, so he joins them. And, like, you know, obviously Claire can't say whatever she was going to say. Right. He's like, Claire, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, I was looking for something. And then the best scene in the fu- the best look in this movie is him going, did you find it? <laughs> I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah, Yeah, so he kind of sends her away again. And then we're at the day where Henry is gone. And Elizabeth is again exploring the house. And a lot of these scenes are similar. You know, we see a lot of the same stuff, but it's kind of in a different order. Well, also, though, the previous Elizabeth was walking around only in dresses. Mm -hmm. Now, this Elizabeth is actually wearing like a midriff shirt and pants. So kind of the 60s... uh, feminist kind of look. Mm, yeah, yeah, that is a good point. And there's a room that's full of like erotic art. Yeah. You know, it's like sketches, you know, it's not like really graphic stuff or whatever, but it's just like nudes and stuff, you know. Of course it's in a creepy red room though. Yeah, uh, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the the previous Elizabeth walks through it but didn't really pay much attention. This Elizabeth yeah. goes and she sees this one particular sketch that stands out to her that it shows like a a nude woman looking at herself in the mirror and, like, kissing the mirror. Right. So it's like, oh, this is my thing. <laughs> she, she has an awakening. Yeah. And so she goes, you know, we get to, the like, the, the montage of her trying on clothes again, watching herself in the mirror. But this time she suddenly, like, gets a good look at herself and gets really close and is just, like, staring into her own eyes and then starts really graphically making out with herself in the mirror. And right. It, Cube Buffalo Bill, I would F me. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, you know, it seems like a scene that would be silly. Like, it feels like something you would see in, like, a teen comedy, like somebody trying to learn how to kiss. But the way it's shot and everything, like, it, it's an erotic scene. Like, it's well done. Um, it doesn't feel as silly as you would think that it should. No. Um, yeah, Abby Lee, good job. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, and then we see a little later, she plays the piano a little bit. Uh, which is the first time yeah. we've seen her do that. We've only seen Henry do it previously. Henry. And, of course, she hops in and out of the pool, and, uh-oh, looks like she's going into the basement. <laughs> yep. So she goes into the Forbidden Room, and this time it's kind of cool. You know, we already know what's in there now. We've seen it with the last Elizabeth, so we mm-hmm. don't need to see it again. So the camera just stays outside in the hallway. She, you know, goes off frame through the door. Then we hear her scream. And then runs right out. Yeah. We do go back into the room, though. Mm Mm-hmm, because something has changed. Uh Uh-oh, the the clone is waking up now. Mm. So we have have two Liz's at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. She, like, pulls out her breathing tube and starts just walking around the house naked. I call this one Feral Liz. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. Because in the beginning, that's kind of what she, she's just walking through the house butt naked, mm-hmm. taking everything in. And she even gets to a point where she sees herself and she's like, you know what? I like you. And just starts, takes the cover off of her and... It's like, oh, is she going to do something here? But no. Yeah, she just kind of, like, kinda caresses her hip a little bit. And then, yeah. oh, she, like, she pulls her shirt up and her. Yes, and starts groping. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's, it's, so she, it's like she's wearing, like, a, a pajama set, you know, like, little shorts and, like, a some kind of, like, top. And she, kinda, right. like, pulls the top up a little bit and the shorts down a little bit. Right. And then, like, the camera just kind of, like, stays on that. And, like, you know, it's like a time lapse thing where, like, now Elizabeth's waking up in that same position with her clothes still kind of, like, disheveled. Uh, yeah, and she's like, what What time is it? And he's like, it's time for lunch. <laughs> yeah. So, uh-oh. But also, so he, let me throw this out at you. Liz must, like, she must have a, an interesting trauma response in that she shuts down. <laughs> because I don't think I'm going to sleep after seeing myself in a vat. Yeah. Yeah, she just yeah ran out and then went to sleep and was so deep asleep that the the clone was able to touch her and not wake her up. Right. Yeah. Henry's like, I gave Claire and Oliver the day off. So he knows it's his big day. Mm-hmm. And she is kind of nervous, too. Like, I think she maybe kind of senses things aren't right. So she rushes to the bathroom and shuts the door. Henry's talking to her through the door and is like, what are you thinking? And she's like, nothing, not thinking right. anything at all. And he's like, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I'm thinking about how you can control people if you understand patterns. Right. And how people react. Yeah. And then. So he kind of knows. Yeah. He obviously knows. So he bursts into the bathroom and she kind of tries to like push him back out the door. You know. Can I get some privacy? Yeah. And he's. Which, I mean, that just tells him everything. A newlywed couple. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. So he pushes his way in, grabs a towel, gets it wet, and then he's like, I uh, I know that you disobeyed me, and he, like, knocks her down and starts trying to strangle her with the wet towel. And, of course, she's kicking, you know, she's fighting back way more than the other Elizabeth even tried to do. Mm-hmm. And actually manages to get away, and so then we go back into, like, a, another chase scene. But she's running around. This one's actually trying to escape. But all the locks are obviously turned off, so she's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then we uh, we do get some split screen here again. Um, mm-hmm. She finds uh, knives in the kitchen. And, and he finds chloroform. Mm-hmm. So he's soaking. Well, Halderide or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. He's like soaking up, you know, a rag. And then he does like a really clever fucked up trick. Very. So yes, he, like, he goes and sits down at the piano and starts to play and then turns on a record player that's playing the same playing thing. The same yeah. Oh, it's so mean. And then he just gets up and walks off. He's like, she's going to come into this room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. But that just tells you how much he knows about Elizabeth, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. The way that she, you know, like he said, if you understand patterns. So we've seen that the Elizabeths are a little different, but, you know, there's still some of those base patterns that, that are going to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so of course, you know, she, she's thinking that she's able to sneak around because she knows where he is, but he sneaks up behind her, uh, yep. gets her with the rag, but she's able to kind of like reach over her shoulder and stab. Well, well, first off, no, he, he, it looks like he actually got away with chloroforming her, mm-hmm. but she's playing possum effectively. 
she, she goes limp into his arms, mm. and then when he takes the rag away, that's when she swings the knife back. Yeah. So she stabs him, but there was enough chloroform that it's starting to take effect. So we get this scene where he's laying on the floor, bleeding out, and she is paralyzed next to him and can't do anything. Takes a long time. I believe the next morning. Mm-hmm. So she's literally been laying by his dead body all night. Uh, looks over it, and she's able to actually move her hands and look over at him. And we see this Henry is dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Glassy eyes and everything. So she starts kind of going around the house trying to find a way out, but the fingertip reader thing is not responding to her. She tries his fingerprints, too, mm-hmm. and it doesn't respond to those. Yeah, and I wondered if that's, like, if he turned the whole system off or if, like, there's, like, a heat thing to it and that, like, him being dead, it's not working anymore. Probably a little bit of both. It's probably a dead man switch, mm. quite literally. Yeah. So she realizes that she is trapped in the house until someone else lets her out. So she cleans up all the blood, drags him upstairs to just hide him, takes a shower and burns her bloody clothes in the fireplace. Right. She also chucks that wedding ring mm-hmm. <laughs> in the shower. Yeah. Uh, and then she goes to sleep because she can't. There's nothing else she can do. She's stuck. And then she wakes to the phone ringing. Uh oh, the phone's working. Yeah, great. Turns out it's Claire. She's already tried to call what four or five times. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of missed calls for. Her. This is Henry's cell phone. Henry's yeah. Elizabeth does not answer Claire's call. She instead calls nine one one. Makes sense. Yeah, but as she's, like, giving information, she's trapped in this house and all this, she realizes that she has no idea what the address is. There's no way that she can tell them. So she does say this is Miss Kellenberg, but then she sees... Claire and Oliver walking back. Yeah, so she just hangs up the call. She kind of tries to act natural with them as if, you know, Henry is not dead. Right, but they're both like, oh, shit, Elizabeth's here today! (laughs) Yeah, they know it, like, they were given the day off for murder day, Right. So they expected to Henry's murdered. Yeah, him. they expected to be helping Henry bury another Elizabeth, but instead there's Elizabeth sitting there and no Henry to be seen. Then Claire like stumbles and falls while she's grasping at a phone. Yeah, that that really like at first I thought this was like some sort of ploy, but I don't think mm-hmm. so. So you know earlier we did see Claire taking some medication, so it seems like she has some sort of heart condition. Maybe the stress of like knowing something is wrong here caused her to have some sort of uh you know episode or attack or whatever so she she falls to the ground manages to get her cell phone and call 911 yeah to get to get uh ambulance basically mm-hmm. and so while uh, you know while the ambulance is there while that kind of chaos is going on elizabeth's like this is my chance i can escape the house while all this is going on then our good friend oliver says yeah but if you go out there i can't protect you from you know if they happen to find the body of the guy who owns the house mm-hmm. but he's like i can help you we can we can get through this she's kind of confused and he's like do you remember your childhood it's one of those things where she's like, yeah, of course I do. I was, uh, and you, like, no, she doesn't. She thinks she can, but then when she actually tries right. to access those memories, they're not really there. Yeah, she remembers being sick a lot and her parents died in a car wreck. But they also do have an interesting scene where they both kind of recite that poem at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Where they, the dream of a brilliant man taking me away. Yeah. And hmm. uh, Oliver's like, you're actually one of six Elizabeths. Right. The orphanage thing was real. It just wasn't you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. 
and so he helps her dispose of Henry's body. Is it a garbage chute or an incinerator? Or incinerator. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they like they drop him down this this chute kind of thing. While they're kind of talking there next to it, they see Logan pulling up again. He's like, "Oh no, he's Henry's friend, and he's a cop. We've got right. to play this right." So let, let's talk. He's Detective Lieutenant Logan. That's a lot of titles. <laughs> Shouldn't it be like I, I don't know police ranks, but Detective Lieutenant? I thought it was like Detective or Lieutenant. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, definitely, and because. Are they in England or is, like there's just kind of like a vagueness to right. the location? If they're in, I mean, most of the people are speaking with British accents except for Logan, mm-hmm. who's very American. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And every time that they call nine, we, we keep saying 911, but the phone just says emergency services. Right. Uh, which, you know, 911 is uh, an American thing. So, uh, yeah, I don't. But it could be. It may just yeah, be so like they're trying to kind of make it a, a non. A specific right. location. It could be anywhere in the English-speaking world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oliver's like, we've got to play this right. you got to get rid of him as quick as you can. And he's like... Right. You- but also make light of the situation. He literally is coaching her through the whole interaction mm-hmm. already. He's like, make light. Explain that Henry's the one sleeping this time. That's funny. Haha, We all laugh. <laughs> and he gets the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. He's so used to you vi- or visiting and you having, you know, taking a nap. So he'll think that's kind of funny. Um, right. And so she, you know, kind of tries to do that. But Logan's like, well, I, I, I specifically kind of came by to check on you because the 911 dispatcher said a Miss Kellenberg called right. and needed help. But Liz is like, no, 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 that was absolutely clear. And he's like, are you sure? Mm-hmm. She's like, no, it, they must have just gotten confused because it's this house. But it wasn't me. It was Claire. Because, you know, obviously, you know, Claire's in the hospital. It, it, that's what it was. I like how Logan at this point is like, that's hilarious because, you know, you have your sleeping condition. Uh, Henry's tired now. Claire has her heart condition. Oliver's blind. How funny is that? Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. And then Oliver just strolls up and is like, ba-bang, motherfucker. <laughs> Did I get him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because uh, as we mentioned, Oliver is blind, so he has just shot a dude while being blind. Pretty good heart shot for somebody who's blind. Yeah, she's like, yeah, yeah, you definitely got him. Oliver's like, he was on Henry's payroll, so things were going to go bad for you before long. Henry has killed all the previous Elizabeths, so you need to escape. You need to get as much money as you can from the safe and just get out of here. I like how she's like, how much money? He's like, about a stack, yay big. <laughs> yeah. So they go together to, like, the closet where the safe is. She steps inside to get into the safe, and he... Sh- yeah, and he's like, I need you to do one thing for me. Read read this journal, because Claire has written down a lot of stuff, but she's never told me what's inside. Yeah, and obviously I can't read it, so I, I need your mm-hmm. help. Uh, and so she takes the journal, and then Oliver shuts her in the closet and locks the door. Right, and she's like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah. He just leaves her. He doesn't really say anything, just kind of abandons her there. And so now she's stuck and has nothing else to do, so she starts reading Claire's diary. Uh, we get a flashback. Yep, five years ago to when Claire first started working for Henry. and Right. She notes that Henry Kellenberg had made such scientific advancements that he was a billionaire now. Mm-hmm. So he's filthy fucking rich. Yeah. So he deserved everything that was coming to him. Absolutely, yeah. And we find out that she is actually a doctor as well and is kind of known in the medical community for having some out-of-the-box theories about specific illnesses and the way that they work. And that's why... So much so that she got fired. Well, yeah, she got fired. So he's like, all right, I'm scooping this one up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, also, in the midst of this, we we learn that Oliver is Henry's son, so he's yeah. not just a servant. Both Claire and Oliver have been playing parts. Mm-hmm. She's a doctor, and he's his son. Right, and in this flashback, also we have Henry saying, "History is going to remember me as a monster." Okay, <laughs> so you're not wrong. You nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Yeah, but so this is yeah. I mean, he's he's kind of a, a self-aware Frankenstein. You know, he's like, I know what I'm doing is controversial, but I need you here to be a witness to what I'm doing, and maybe someday you can convince the world that what I'm doing is is worthwhile. Right. And at this point, Oliver kind of comes down the stairs and he's like, Hey, who's who's that? And once again, being blind, uh, Henry then says, oh yeah, this is Claire. She's going to be staying with us for a while. <laughs> and Claire's like, you presume a lot, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. So then, you know, we get Henry giving Claire a tour of the house. Mm. Um, he doesn't give her the Sab- Sabian women shit. <laughs> right. And she's allowed to see the clone room. And as soon as she sees that, she's freaked out. Like, this is, uh, you know, obviously a surprise to see. Well, there's a lot of moral and ethical issues being raised right now. Mm-hmm, yeah. But it's kind of one of those things where it's like, she's not sure she approves, but also like, it's just such exciting work to be a part of that she can't resist. It's a very much, very much a uh, Frankenstein from the hammer movies mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. Where he has the various sidekick doctors who kind of don't like what they're doing, but they're still helping anyway. For science. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he tells her that the original Elizabeth, his wife, Soon after giving birth to Oliver, she died of Werner's syndrome, mm-hmm. and he saved some of her DNA and was able to clone her, but he's kept her in stasis because she's just going to die of the same syndrome again. He needs Claire's help to cure the disease so that he can actually bring his wife back. I believe they sp- specifically mentioned at this time he's already made six clones, but he he brought two out and they just kind of died right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the, the other ones he kind of put on the back burner. Yeah, yeah. So he's only down to four. And then we kind of like get a little, it kind of, you know, fast tracks a little bit. We find out Claire has found the cure. Uh, we learn that the, the first Elizabeth, when she kind of came out of it, she was like this weird amnesiac child. She had no memories. Right. She didn't know how to like exist in the world. Quite literally the most childlike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but somehow she still managed to find her way into the clone room and get scared and run away. She, like, actually gets out of the house. Henry does not have all of his, his safeguards in place yet. No, but after this one, I, I think that's, he's like, ah, I have to fix the house up now. Mm-hmm. But yes, and she runs down the street. And manages and... to get picked up by Logan. Okay. Logan brings her back to Henry, and this is kind of when Logan and Henry first meet or kind of have their sort of like arrangement do we get all of that or does it go back to the present for a little bit before we well so at this point we get um claire is actually involved with logan and henry and claire's trying to like oh elizabeth's my niece you know Mm, yeah she's not she's not quite right in the head so we're taking care of her and then uh logan's like yeah i mean she was making up some crazy stories on the way here (laughs) yeah and that's when Henry, lovingly Henry, gaslights the fuck out of this woman. That's not even there. He's like, she's a fantasist. She's a liar. She's got all kinds of crazy ideas. Who knows? Yeah, and he's like, Claire, you've had a you've had a rough night. Why don't you head to bed, and I'll talk yeah. to the officer. We'll get it all straightened out. Yeah, because Logan's now wanting to file a report, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like, eh, if you do that, everything's going to get real nasty. <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty, you know, we, we've heard it mentioned that he's on Henry's payroll. So presumably this is when they make that arrangement. 
he's probably like, hey, you want an extra thousand bucks a, a week or something like that? Mm-hmm. Maybe extra ten thousand dollars a month. Who knows? Yeah. So then we go back to the present, and Oliver is outside the closet again, and he apologizes to Elizabeth for locking her up, but he needed to take care of some things, and he couldn't trust that she would stay. Right. He needs her to stay. Yeah. So at this point, she tries to sneak up on him, but he's like, hey, please don't do anything. Obviously, you know, I'm kind of defenseless. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going like, to give her some food or something. So he goes to open the door, and, of course, she immediately dives out. Fucking tackles! Yeah, yeah. she dive tackles him. Yeah. And she's, like, holding him down, and she's like, give me the, the door code. I, I want the door code now. And he tells her that it's her birthday, and she's like, what's my birthday? <laughs> right. And he's like, 0916. So she ties him up, goes to the door, tries the code, and it is... Doesn't work. Nope, not accurate. So So she goes back. He's gone. Yep. So he's escaped, and so now she goes back to the kitchen, gets another knife, and starts... Not any knife. She gets a big fucking butcher's knife. Mm -hmm. She's like, I'm done with this fucking shit. Yeah. So now she's searching around the house, looking for him, and ends up finding him caring for another Elizabeth. Uh, this is the one I think that woke up, right? Like, right, the feral Liz. Yeah. yeah. She's like, I just want to leave. I don't care what you're doing. I, I just want to go. And he's like, L- let's talk. Let me explain what's going on, and then you can leave. Right. He is like, I'm sorry. Obviously, I'm blind, still defenseless, even though I've clearly shown that I'm pretty fucking good mm-hmm. with everything around me. But, you know, I just want I want to be loved by, by someone like you. Mm-hmm. And we remember, this is kind of his mom. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she kind of like calms down a little bit. He comes up to her and then jabs her with a hypodermic needle. Right. As soon as she trusts him, he ruins that immediately. Mm-hmm. And then we get kind of like a drug trip scene. It's kind of like everything's tinted red. We get some flashback stuff. Her running across her own grave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the the very last thing we see are, is two Elizabeths like spooning in an open grave. <laughs> You're right. Well, no, it's it's uh, Elizabeth and Claire. Oh, is it Claire? Okay. I th- Claire Claire is the big spoon. Okay. Yeah, I just thought it was the, the two Elizabeths. That's that's interesting. Yeah. Um, very, uh, what, uh, very sapphic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then when Elizabeth wakes back up, she is in, like, a small bedroom, and she's got, like, a big, like... Chain tied around her leg. Yeah, like, a, she's, like, shackled to the bed. But she's, you know, she's got, like, movement. She can get around, but she's not getting away. So she's just stuck in this room, so she just starts reading the journal again, and we flash back to the past. So about a week after Henry paid off Logan, the first Elizabeth died, and Henry told Claire and Oliver... Flimsy fucking excuse. Yeah, he's like, it's natural causes, it must be... I found her with her face down in the pillows. Mm -hmm. Not that the pillows were being shoved in her face by me. Right. But, you know. So he kind of blames, or doesn't blame Claire, but he's like, it sounds like maybe, you know, the the illness mutated or something. We need to keep working on your research to... Right, there's more neurodegeneracy. Mm-hmm. It, it has, it's gotten worse, apparently. It only lasted, she only saved it off for so long, right? Yeah. Then the, the next bit of the journal Elizabeth reads is just Claire's, like, scientific notes. And she's just kind of, right. like, breezing through that stuff because it means nothing to her. Then we get to the juicy part of, all right, Henry and I did everything we could, so I just said, fuck it, and seduced him. <laughs> yeah. She says something about, like, you know, it was the inevitable, so I went ahead and initiated it. Right. It's like, was it, though? <laughs> like, 
I feel like there was something there, you know, that caused you to say, let's initiate this. Yeah. Henry says, like, you know, maybe it's time that I just give up on the Elizabeth project. He's like sitting up in bed and she's laying there naked, like face down. This is his moment to move on, right? Mm-hmm. But instead she's like, no, I think you need to keep going. Like we're making progress. This is, this is a big achievement and we can't give up right. on it. So here's something interesting that I kind of noted throughout the movie. It's everybody's manipulating everybody. <laughs> like legitimately, mm-hmm. like Henry thinks he's the one manipulating everybody. But he's also, in turn, being manipulated by Claire and, to a smaller degree, Oliver and Liz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as we get – we're getting close to the end and, and as these twists start coming, you find out, like, everybody's lying to everybody about, about everything. everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's wild. So, yeah, clearly Claire is enjoying the possibility of some kind of great discovery. So she doesn't want to lose that. And then I think we go back to the present and Oliver is talking to Elizabeth about Claire. Yes. And he's like, hey, let me give you a little, let's do a quid pro quo. I'll tell you something. You tell me something. We don't fight each other. (laughs) I don't stab you in the neck with a needle. Yeah. Um, And he's like, so does she say anything about me in the journal? Not a damn thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, she's like, I don't, I haven't seen your name mentioned at all. And Oliver's like, so here's the thing. Claire actually did cure the illness. You should be fine. But Henry just killed the previous Elizabeths right. uh, and made it look like the cure had failed. And then we get, so like Oliver says, so these, these Elizabeth clones, I guess they weren't adults right away. Like there was some sort of like hyper aging process, but there were young versions of the Elizabeth clones to start with. Yeah, I believe some of them were actually Oliver's age. Mm-hmm. And Oliver, and he kind of developed a thing. Yeah, he has a crush on this girl that's his age, but he... Also technically his mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he also kind of implies that, like, Henry may have molested some of the young yes. Elizabeths, which is such a weird, like, mindfuck thing. Like, the y- younger clone of your of-age wife, like... It's it's very weird, but like obviously yeah. she's underage, so you don't you know no, um, you should not. Man, we're this deep in this movie. <laughs> weird, weird is just scratching the surface. Mm-hmm. This is, it's fucked. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, and apparently, but of course, Oliver, Oliver was pissed. Yeah, he saw it and was upset, and that this is what resulted in Oliver being blinded. Like Henry, he blames Henry for it. Yeah, Henry intentionally blinded him to punish him for witnessing something that he shouldn't have seen. I feel that's a little extreme to do to your own son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and so then we flash back to the past again uh, as as uh, Elizabeth continues in the journal, and we kind of find out that Henry and Claire's affair has kind of like run its course, like it's over, but they're still kind of just occasionally fucking anyway because yeah. you know it's kind of like the you know exes that can't kind of get out of their their thing. Well, it's more like Claire's ending it because. I think she's, in her mind, she's gotten Henry on the hook. Mm-hmm. And he's going to keep coming back to the quote-unquote honeypot. Yeah, yeah. It definitely so. feels that way. She's not wrong. Yeah, no, definitely not. Henry and Claire have this conversation that is, like, one of the rare bits of, like, insight from Henry where he doesn't just seem like a sociopath. Uh, he's like... <laughs> Completely. Yeah, because he says something about, like, imagine what it would feel like to lose your soulmate two years into your marriage. Like, right. that's not the deal that I made with fate. Like, that's not fair. We promised to be together forever or for the rest of our lives, and then that was taken away from me. Right. Well, he also mentions that he's basically willed everything to uh, Claire. Mm-hmm upon the event of his death. And Claire's response is, 
we are all of us all an eventual, an eventual tragedy. tragedy which is like Fuck. damn that's a good line yeah damn good yeah but we also get Henry now he starts tilting over the deep end a little bit more mm-hmm. in that he's like, you know what? I really want this to work because I want to experience my wedding night o- over again. Mm-hmm. I deserve that. Yeah. And Claire's kind of laughs at that. She's like, yeah, of course you would want to fuck young and adoring flesh that never grows old. Who wouldn't want that? And he's like, no, it's not that. There was just something about the potential of that night and like how everything was so new and fresh and... Uh, you know, you, you never get that moment again. Like, it's it's gone in an instant. Sounds adorable. In fact, is quite fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's basically, you know, it's all the infantilization stuff we've been talking about. It's like, I don't mm-hmm. want my wife to grow as a person and be real. Right. I want... She must be in stasis forever. Yeah, I want this imaginary version of her that I've created in my mind and not the right. real one that's going to... That is going to grow older and is going to, like, get smarter and have new interests and, and cha- you know, that's what marriage is actually about is, like, we're going right. to we're gonna grow together and become new versions of ourselves over and over again over the decades. And possibly create something new as opposed to, yeah. you know, just live the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And then uh, Claire's kind of talking later and she says, like, that she kind of considered leaving or it's, this is like, you know, he offers her to leave. He's like, Hey, you can, you can go and do your own thing now. Yeah. If you really want to. But she's like, no, you know, I wasn't going to leave. Like there's still too much to do. There's so much to, to discover. But as she's like testing stuff in the Elizabeth, she's like, Elizabeth never had a baby. She was never pregnant. And your, your actual first professor at Fielding, his name was Oliver. Eccleston, right? Mm-hmm. She's like, that's very oh, no. clever. Yeah, so Henry... Very sentimental of you. Mm-hmm. So Henry admits that, like, he assumed that someday, you know, he's going to keep aging and he's going to age out of being able to continue this process. So he had to make a clone of himself as well so there can be a young, healthy Henry to be with the young, healthy Elizabeth. Also very creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, does he blind Oliver or does Oliver get blinded by something else. Yeah, I, it seems like he... But it, it's confusing because, theoretically, if he wants to keep reliving this, you'd think he would be, like, creating an Oliver clone to then, like, put his brain right. into it or something. Like, otherwise, yeah. he's out of the picture. It's just a new person. Right, and he's literally just having a pantomime of his previous life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We kind of get that whole bit, and Elizabeth is reading this, you know, and, like, when she reads that Oliver is Henry's clone. She's shocked. And then it just cuts to, like, later... Her waking up with Oliver with a fucking knife to her throat, Mm -hmm. like a fucking psychopath. Yeah. And he's like, tell me now. I need to know what Claire wrote about me in here. Right. And, you know, Elizabeth's like, Claire thought you were Henry's clone, but you're not. Right. And he's like, no, you're lying. This can't be true. Also, she notices he has a wound on his hand. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. And so now, like, we're at a point, like, you know, like you were saying, everybody manipulating and lying to each other. Uh, so Claire says Oliver is Henry's clone. Now Elizabeth's saying that he's not. Right. So she's lying to Oliver. And so Oliver, it, it seems to kind of indicate that Oliver thought this. Oliver kind of had right. figured out that he was probably Henry's clone. And somehow Elizabeth intuited that, like, if he knows that, it's going to be bad for me. So I need to yeah. I need to separate him and make him his own person and not the homicidal maniac that chased me through the house. Then she's like, hey, how about you come over here and we have a good time? 
Yeah, she's like, you know, the, the fact of the matter is you, you were Henry's son, but you're, you're not Henry. We've both been captives. We've both been locked up by Henry in this house, and we've not been able to make our own choices. But I see the way that you look at me, and yeah, like, she's definitely trying to seduce him. Well, it works! Mm-hmm. She's like, why don't you come over here and use those? Because it, it wasn't a knife, it was scissors. Because he's like, Oh, scissors, that's right. Why don't you use those scissors to cut off my underwear? Because she knows. Like, yeah, like you like to do, yeah, Henry. Yeah, your weird fetish of cutting off underwear with scissors. Um, and so as he gets close, she uses the chain that's, you know, attached to her leg and chokes him out with it. Right. I put, as uh, Herbert West would say, he's letting his small head do his thinking for his big <laughs> Right. Uh, so she manages to, like, get him under control and get the key from him, unhooks the chain, then chains it to him, and is like, all right, tell me the real code this time. I want to know the actual code. And, of course, that's when Feralis comes in holding a fucking rifle. Mm-hmm. So now things are very... Because con- she doesn't have any memory of what's been going on, so she's she only knows that Oliver is kind of taking care of her, and now she sees Oliver being you know assaulted by this other version of her right and she says henry what's going on so mm, Ol- so he knows yeah oliver's been telling her that he is henry he's he's already making those connections our current elizabeth the, the smart elizabeth is like i can explain just put the rifle down we need to talk i'm sure this is all very confusing for you but there's an explanation right now oliver shows his full assholeness and then he's like, no, she's lying. She's lying. She, she, I kept her here to keep her safe because she's a crazy person. She's trying to kill us. Obviously, she has the scissors to my neck. And the only reason I had her chained up was because she kept trying to go outside and I didn't want her to get poisoned by the toxic right. air outside. Outside. So he's, he's done a, a Cloverfield lane. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, and, you know, so feral rifle Elizabeth tells the other Elizabeth to get on the floor. And when she does, she sees the scissors that have been dropped and are under the bed. So Henry slash Oliver thinks he's going to get the fuck away. But no, he gets his fucking Achilles tendon severed yeah. for its troubles. Yep. So he gets he gets stabbed. And then, you know, Elizabeth jumps up and, you know, holds the knife to his neck and holds him hostage. And, you know, this is the scene you've seen a million times of, like, you know, the... the Shoot them, not me. Yeah, and she does just go ahead and fire, and it hits Oliver, and Oliver falls down, and... Elizabeth gets away, right? She starts walking away. Well, she doesn't get too far because we then all of a sudden see big red stain on the side of Mm -hmm. her, uh, her clothes. So, yeah, it went straight through Oliver and got her, too. But she goes and tries the code, and this time it was right. Oliver actually did give her the, the real code this time. And she starts running out of the house, but then she just gets shot. Shot again? Yeah. Um, so feral rifle Elizabeth had followed her outside, and she goes up to the now bleeding out and dying Elizabeth and puts her ear to her mouth, and our main Elizabeth whispers something to her, but we do not hear what it is. Right, but what we do see is that now quote-unquote feral Liz is dressed up in a very smart suit pantsuit almost and now reading the journal Mm -hmm. yeah she's like eating like i think she's eating breakfast or something with a spoon Mm -hmm. yeah so that's another noted difference yeah and in the journal we find out claire says that she found henry after he murdered elizabeth and she realizes that like at this point henry has kind of, like, had a mental breakdown and is now addicted to right. killing Elizabeths. Yeah, this is the anime, like, eyes are looking in both directions scene, almost literally. Mm-hmm. Because she's like, you, you killed her, and he's like, who the fuck did I kill? 
a woman who's been dead for like five, ten years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if you try to say something, you're gonna look like the crazy person, not me. Um, right. It just kind of happened, you know. Yeah. But now she's bringing me joy. So <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. This is where it happened. I found out that yeah, my one true joy in the world is murdering my dead wife over and over again. Right. So does that not kind of express that he he's killed her every single time, especially in the beginning? It, yeah, it even calls into question, yeah, the original Elizabeth who died of Werner syndrome after giving birth to Oliver, which she also didn't do. do. He may have killed that one even. Right. Maybe she discovered the Oliver clone. Mm, could be. Yeah. She was the first victim of Bluebeard. <laughs> could, yeah, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. She's like, those aren't, you know, those aren't your Elizabeth. You need to stop. And he's like, okay, I, I can stop. Uh, but then, right. then we go back to the present, and Claire has arrived back at the house in a taxi. And we get this nice shot where she's standing outside the front door, deciding to come in. And uh, Elizabeth is standing inside the door. They're like... Waiting to come out. Yeah, they're like looking at each other, but they're not, because there's a door between them. Right. Uh, so, also, so in, as opposed to a... I guess it's almost a split screen, but not quite. But as Claire comes in... And she sees Elizabeth there. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth hands her the journal and is like, hey, this house is yours. You've earned it. Mm-hmm. But also, did you notice that the, the door was on a hinge? Like, it wasn't a normal door that you swing open. It was one that, like, turned on a pole. Yes. Almost. Yeah, I did catch it. It was, like, like almost like a revolving door, but just, yes. like, a single sheet that, right. like, revolves Whereas we've seen this door, and it opens normally. <laughs> so, interesting. Yeah. They're kind of trading places. Claire's becoming mm-hmm. the woman of the house, and Elizabeth is going out into the world. Um, right. Yeah, she says, you've earned it. Now do something good with it. Good with it. And she walks out and just starts walking down the gravel road. She doesn't get in the taxi. She's just, like, out in the world. And we get that same voiceover about, I dreamed of a man who's going to take mm-hmm. me away from everything, but I'm awake now. Awake now. Yeah. And cut. Yeah. Very empowering. I like it. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah, I feel like there's there's definitely a lot going on in this movie. Like, um, I, I, you know, I mean, like, on, you know, there's there's the, like, the clever twists in, like, the story. But, like, it feels like there's a lot of, like, metaphor for, like, the way that men and patriarchy persecute women. And, that, and it's cyc- cyclical. Mm-hmm. And that w- women are kind of treated as interchangeable in a lot of ways in society and everything. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and like it's you know the fact that like the movie's called Elizabeth Harvest, like um, as if she's just a plant. You know, like she's right. um, we harvested six Elizabeths, and this is what we're we're gonna do with them. And mm-hmm. you know, if you harvest a plant, it's yours. You can do what you want with it. You can kill it. You can use it for food. Yeah. You can use it for fuel. You you know, and that's kind of the you know the way that uh, Henry seems to view women. Um, right. They're all like even Claire is like a tool for Henry. Right. But the interesting thing with Claire and Henry was it seems like Claire had the upper hand to a degree, even though she was brought in by Henry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely like, a you know, when we talked about the Mary Shelley movie a couple weeks ago, when Byron was like, I want a woman that I can tell things to, but I don't want her to have opinions about it. Like, I, right. I, I want her to understand just enough to like nod, but not actually be my equal. And right, to understand how brilliant I am, but not not match up, mm-hmm, right? Yeah, and and Claire yeah. feels like she matched up, and that scared right. Henry. 
but he he was also into it. Mm-hmm. And then everything with Liz, it's like that's that's an interesting story to, in and of itself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, Elizabeth is the one who defeated Henry, not Claire. Um, right. It's like the I think the the feral Elizabeth like kills the other Elizabeth, and then at the same time maybe realizes becomes her. Yeah, yeah, kind of takes over. She gets whatever knowledge that the first Elizabeth or the second Elizabeth whispers to her. Uh, yeah, and then that's when she's able to like dress in clothes and read the journal and like become human. Or and, and yeah, and that feels like you know like that's that's part of being a woman is sharing you know learning from past generations. Uh, whether it's you know the suffragettes gave you the right to vote and like you're you're built feminism is always building on the previous wave of feminism and right. trying to like and and it kind of feels like that might be a little bit of what's what's going on in here as well right we we just could have used some non-toxic masculinity in this yes yeah but i but obviously that's not the point right yeah yeah it, it it's definitely one of those kind of movies where like everything that is problematic and bad in the movie is very intentionally that like there's not anything where i'm like no. oh i wish the movie hadn't done that like it's hitting things intentionally right. Right. Well, and it, for a minute there, though, it does make Henry look almost sympathetic until he starts doing all the murders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He's like, I just want to recover my wife. Mm-hmm. I missed her so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there is. There are moments in there where it's like, especially the sex scenes feel like. You you feel a little bit of sadness for him that it's like he's trying to recover something that yeah. he, that he can't. Like this young girl is not into you. You're an old man. And like you're you're trying to to relive a past that can't be relived, right. um, and and there there's a certain like sadness to that that like yeah we we all kind of understand that as you get older you want to be young again, um, yeah. and you you see Elizabeth not into it and it's just like man you're this midlife crisis isn't working for you like right um, you, you know she's gonna leave you because this is you know. It, it, to start with, it feels like, oh, this is like a money thing, you know, like that that's kind of how it's played in the first right. with the first Elizabeth until things go sideways. Right. You know, here's an interesting thought, though. Like, so speaking of Oliver and his kind of Oedipus complex, which isn't really an Oedipus complex, but it's interesting that he's the one who's blind. Mm, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it makes sense because he's the one. Argue, trying to shag up the one he thinks is his mom. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. And yeah, mm. o- Oliver's whole deal is so confusing. Like, just so confusing. Being a servant. He acts like, I'm a good guy, but no, he's not a good guy. Yeah. He's Henry made over. Yeah, and it is like the, the blinded thing. Like, why would Henry blind his own clone? Or did right. he really blind his Like, yeah, it's. Or was it a manufacturing defect? Yeah, that definitely could be. There is right. something where he says like that he wasn't always blind. I can't. He like knows the way something looks, and that's well, yeah, because when he was a kid, and that's when he had that interaction. Well, yeah. So obviously he was he, he went blind at some point. So obviously he, he didn't come out that way. So he did see his father molesting the other Elizabeths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's something he clearly remembers seeing. Yeah, that's what it was. Was the we did talk mm-hmm. about that. So of course, in the end. We've got, like, one Elizabeth and Claire who have survived, and everything else is kind of... All the terrible men are gone, uh, (laughs) including the police officer, Logan. Um, So, yeah, it it is, like you said, it's very empowering. Like, especially that, I mean, that end speech, 
the fact that we yeah. got that same speech like four or five times over the course of the movie and then the last time she's like fuck that but that's 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 a bullshit made up thing that like women are sold to like you know that we're supposed to follow these societal norms and i'm not going to i'm awake right. i'm not i'm not fooled by this this dream anymore well and also it's interesting that once again talking about the assault of the sabian women Mm, true, you know, yeah. like that's also part of it. So interesting. Yeah, yeah. There's this is a movie that I feel like I will definitely be rewatching, and I will find yeah. more stuff in it. It's got layers. It's like an onion. I think the closest thing we've watched to like, or that this is to anything else we've watched before, is that the skin I live in. Live in quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. It's very similar to that. Um, although this one, I feel like is that one it, it plays with so many complicated things that sometimes it's like it's hard to know exactly what it's even trying to tell you this one's a little bit more clear and it's a you know that one has some weird revenge stuff in it that's like kind of hard to justify or hard to like process this one's a little bit more linear in terms of like what's happening you don't feel bad about any of the people who die in this right (laughs) nope they're they're assholes for the well except for the uh innocent liz's right yeah 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 when uh, when the one Liz got shot by the other one, I was it broke my heart, man. I was like, she's gonna escape. Yeah, wow. yeah, that one was rough because it was like, yeah, she was outside. Mm-hmm. It seemed like it was it was gonna happen, but yeah. So good movie. Uh, obviously, we didn't give you any content warnings because uh, we're awful. But I mean, it's mostly art, you know, artsy anyway. So I don't feel like there's anything that gratuitous. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, we mentioned at the beginning that there's nudity, and there is there is quite a bit of nudity, but it's not, like, leering, like, male gaze yeah. kind of nudity. It, it's, it feels like there's a reason for it, and it's artful, and and that's really, I mean, that's it. You know, there's there's death, but, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> every movie we watch has people getting murdered in it on this yeah. show. Um, and it's not I particularly feel like if we gory. we give content warnings for that, we would just <laughs> yeah. be spinning all day. Yeah, and yeah. it's not particularly gory. Like the only, you know, no. the 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 Elizabeth that gets killed with the machete, you don't see it. You just see blood splatter on the wall. So yeah, yeah there's no real sexual assault. Like it's no, they just talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for what we, <laughs> the kinds of stuff we often run into, this is fairly tame. Oh yeah. Well, there you go. So I mean, obviously we we both enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah, yeah. This one highly recommend. Like I said, it just showed up on Shutter. So if you got that, you can stream it there for free. I'm sure there are other places that you can track it down as well. Um, right. But yeah, it's it's definitely worth your time. So part of me wants to ask why this movie didn't get a wider release or more widely known, because I feel like it should have. But also, I remember in 2018 there was a lot of anti-feminist mm, backlash true yeah yeah that would make so. sense because yeah i mean i'm shocked like that, that this came out not that long ago and i had never heard of it before right uh yeah like i i saw something about it like a couple of days before it appeared on shutter and i was like i need to track that down that sounds like it might be good for the show and then it showed up on shutter and i was like cool now i don't have to try to track it down Right. but this is also the same year as assassination nation mm, so yeah that that movie got pretty much just roasted just for being an empowering movie as well. So right, yeah, you know. But yeah, those were the times. Yeah, yeah. So long. Thanks for all the fish. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. Well, anything else we got to say about Anthony? I think that's everything I've got. All right. Where can they find us? Uh, yeah, so you can find us on all the socials at the Frankencast. You can email us at thefrankencast at gmail We're also on YouTube. 
And you can also find us over at patreon.com slash thefrankencast, where we're doing free trials, and uh, we've had a couple people check those out, so you're definitely welcome to uh, to see what we got over there and see if you want to stick around. Uh, yeah, I definitely think there's some, some good stuff there, at least uh, some quirky things, and we, we have some laughs. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, it's a it's more loose, you know, we don't have as much of a format to follow. We, we, we talk about all kinds of stuff. There's lots of episodes about the Munsters, others, you know, talked about several books a weird cartoon from the 60s mm-hmm. yeah we just did a frankenstein jr we've done a couple books we've had some episodes where we just talk about other horror movies that aren't frankenstein related so yeah a little bit of everything over there for you it's good stuff be sure to check it out yeah. all right so anthony we've been doing a lot of stuff about elizabeth and mary shelley but let's get back to some frankenstein yeah maybe see frankenstein reborn <laughs> Yeah, so um, there are two movies called Frankenstein Reborn. Um, mm-hmm. So hint, that's that's going to be our next two weeks. We're going to do a double Yay. feature. <laughs> so next week, we're going to be talking about Frankenstein Reborn! Exclamation mark that came out in 98. 98. Uh, and then we'll do the, the one from 2005 the following week. Yeah, sounds good. All right, well, in that case, to be continued. another episode. The Freaking Cast is a production of FCR Media. It's hosted by Anthony Bowman and Eric Velasquez. Follow us on Twitter at The Freaking Cast or send us a letter at thefreakingcast at gmail.com. Our cover art is by Amanda Keller. You can find her at Keller Illustrations on Instagram. Our theme music is by Vivek Abhishek. Thanks for listening. <laughs>